I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted 2.0. All right. Took a little hiatus, much needed after many years of three shows a week and more. I was doing five at one point. That's a lot. But I love what I do, uh, and I love today's show. What do I say all the time? I get pitched so many people, products, potions, programs, and I'm only going to bring you the best. And today, you get two. You get an amazing person as well as an amazing product. Uh, I, I just This hits on everything. You know, I'm a certified sports nutritionist, also uh, an endurance athlete, and just so excited for today's show. Let me tell you about my next guest uh, Michael Brandt. Michael Brandt is the co-founder and CEO of HVMN. HVMN launched the world's first ketone drink back in 2017 and secured a $6 million contract from the U.S. Special Operations Command to continue research into the benefits of ketones. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good sign <laughs> about the product. Uh, with the launch of Ketone IQ, Michael and his team created an entirely new category of ketone shots, which have taken over elite sports and high-end workplaces. Uh, Michael majored in computer science and product design at Stanford. He scored 99th percentile on his GMATs, but decided to skip business school and go straight into entrepreneurship. Gonna talk to him about that. Prior to starting HVMN, he was a professor of brand strategy at the Academy of Art in San Francisco. Michael and his co-founder were awarded Forbes 30 Under 30. Outside of work, Michael is an avid triathlete and holds a 2.42 PR personal record for the marathon. Gonna talk to him about that. Uh, he lives with his wife and daughter in L.A. So excited to speak with Michael Brandt. As I always say, I only bring you the best guests, you know, the the Ph.D. level uh, research scientists. And uh, Michael Brandt is just uh, so cool. <laughs> I'm so excited to speak with him. Uh, I'm doing my research on him. And and I, I saw you, Michael, on Shark Tank way back when. Thank you so much for taking the time out. I'm stoked to be here. It's going to be a fun conversation. Oh my gosh, Thanks so much to talk out. about. Yeah, it's, um, you know, what I always say, Michael, is we're both trying to help people have their best lives, right? That's It's the greatest job in the world, the greatest job in the world. And to actually do what you're passionate about is amazing. And let's just, let's start there and then we'll go back and forth. But, you know, the Shark Tank was, was I would think, a tough time for you, or maybe not. You know, I'll read a review, but just give people who don't know your Shark Tank experience. Sure, yeah, just to cut to the chase on it. So we were on Shark Tank back in 2018, I want to say, and we did not do a deal. We got, we got lampooned on the live air and just to be, you know, spoiler alert for anyone not caught up. Um, it was one of the top five best experiences of my life. Like zero regrets, learned a ton, amazing exposure, just as a founder entrepreneur, getting your face out there, telling your story, getting, getting, everything's about getting your sets and your reps in. Like you can never be apologetic or feel bad for getting a, another rep in and learning something from it. It was awesome. I, it literally has had only positive effect on the business. Like we fundraised before shark tank, we fundraised after shark tank, our valuation has gone up from what, it, what we were pitching the sharks, like all good in the hood there. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. I think I learned a lot from it because look, as an entrepreneur, life is a nonstop game of shark tank every day. You're pitching, you're explaining, you're refining your pitch, you're getting new capital partners involved, you're pitching to potential employees, potential partners, like 
it was cool to be on actual Shark Tank with a capital S, capital T. But I always think you never know who you're going to sit next to on the airplane. And that's an episode of Shark Tank. You never know who, what other founder, what other interesting podcast host, who, who you're going to meet. And the game's always on. And hey, that's why we get it. That to me is fun. That's why I wanted to be an entrepreneur to begin with. Which shows that you're destined to be an entrepreneur, right? If you have that mindset and it's just, there is no failure, right? I, I, I really dislike that term. And let me just read, because as I was you know, doing my background research on you, I just this made me laugh. It was, uh, it was an article that was, the headline was something to the effect of shark, uh, shark Tank food inventions that flopped. And the quote was, a common thread among failed Shark Tank food inventions is entrepreneurs trying to reinvent the wheel, but breaking it instead. They make wet things dry, sweet things salty, and the worst offense of all, making drinks chewable. Uh, Michael Brandt and Jeffrey Wu wanted us to replace our coffee routine with a caffeine gummy that could be performance enhancing. But to your point, it's like, that's it's just another step. It's just another learning experience. And you came out of it stronger, right? And that's such a lesson that it's hard for many people to kind of embrace. Yeah, I think it's interesting to see the narrative from the outside because people always want to paint in black and white. Right. Are there winners? Are there losers? It's like, look, like the product that we pitched on Shark Tank, you know what? We don't, we don't do that product anymore. And we updated our product vision to something way, way cooler. We wound down, it was called Go Cues. It was a chewable coffee cube, really cool product. It like, you know, stand behind all the work we did there. We stopped doing that. We started making a product called Ketone IQ. We got a $6 million contract with the United <laughs> right. States Department of Defense looking at super fuels for soldiers. Like, like, yeah, yeah. I wish, could I wish I was working with Mark Cuban also instead like, okay, yeah, sure. But like, it literally doesn't matter. You learn and you update and you roll forward. And what we're doing with ketones is huge. We just signed one of the top US Olympic marathoners. Her name is Sarah Hall, sure. working with top athletes at the top of their game from all over. We got another, we're doing another study with the Naval Health Research Center on ketones for brain health, brain performance. It's all abundance. It's you turn all your L's into lessons and you just keep landing on your feet and learning forward and being grateful for every step of the way. Yeah. And I think the, the vast majority of people, Michael, think that, you, you know, you sw you hit the home run right away, that you don't have these setbacks and it's not a setback, right? It's, it's, again, it's a learning experience. You know, people set goals and I would say it's never a straight line, right? And that's, that's the challenge is being able to pivot when you should and how you should. And it's not where you start, it's where you end up. And, and that led to ketone IQ, which is, which is so incredible. So talk more about that. I'm an endurance guy, Ironmans, ultra marathons, whole nine yards, um, ran across the Grand Canyon and back with a friend during COVID. One of the greatest things I've ever done. I wish I had ketone IQ. Uh, it would have really helped me uh, as I was, you know, uh, suffering, but, but talk about the genesis of that. Yeah. I studied computer science in undergrad and got really into biohacking, seeing the human body as a system where it's becoming an API. If people are familiar with, with what that means, it's that your body is becoming a technology platform. We have this proliferation of sensors on and in the body. Every time someone gets a whoop or an Apple watch or an aura ring or installs a continuous glucose monitor, any of these sensors are increasing the view, the visibility that we have into our body. We've been driving blind forever and now the dashboard lights are starting to come on we know what's going on inside of our body and it's an exciting time to be innovating on and in the human body as a platform that was the meta trend that i saw going on like rewinding the clock seven eight years ago i started doing all sorts of stuff intermittent fasting for seven days 
doing a bunch of interesting things around nootropics. I got into marathoning, endurance sports, got very quick. I don't want to say very quick. I got, I run a 242 marathon, not going to the Olympics tomorrow, but it's like a low six minute mile. That's and fast. I got Michael. there very quickly. <laughs> That's fast. It's, it's faster than your average bear. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I'm a fast I don't know who you hang around with and who you train with, but like I did a 254, which it was ridiculous uh for me especially as, as my size but like that's 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 sub elite like you're you're in you're up front <laughs> i get to i do get to cut the line i yeah. get to I you're get in that you're in the special, special corral yeah 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 um sorry and i got there quickly i think that's the cool part about it is like i have been super data oriented about you know, i do a lot of runs where i run as fast as i can without letting my heart rate go above 140 beats per minute so that i'm forcing the use of a certain energy system to get that training benefit out of my run versus other runs. Very different goal, very different approach. So every day of training has a goal. I pay attention to my heart rate, my cadence, footsteps on the ground. I pay attention to my running form. So I basically big engineer nerd about the human body and have used that personally to excel at endurance sports really quickly and have taken that same passion and poured it into the company. And what I saw along the way was like, okay, your body makes something called ketones. And it's been this like magical, elusive molecule for a long time. Like your human body has always made ketones for 300,000 years. You know, on the savanna, you're making ketones. Like anytime your body is low on blood sugar, you make ketones, you turn fat into ketones. Your brain cannot run off of fat. Fat does not cross the blood brain barrier. So anytime you are running low on blood sugar, your body must create and use ketones. It's a fundamental part of why humans are the way they are, why we're able to support our large brain size, how humans are different from you know, apes and the rest of all the species is that we produce ketones for brain fuel. It's been known for the past decades that, hey, ketones are this really magical molecule. They cross the blood-brain barrier. And not only that, they're very efficient. So they turn into energy in your cells using less oxygen than sugar. They feel better. They fuel you when you're in a high altitude state, when you're really stressed and really strained. The insight that I had with my team was why don't we then make a pure ketone drink? If ketones are so cool, your body makes this, it's nature's super fuel. You make it when you're pushed to the limits. Why can't you go to this store? Why, when I go to Equinox, why can't I grab a shot of ketones and have 10 grams of ketones down the gullet and get all those magical benefits. And that was the like first principles question that we asked ourselves, you know, five, six years ago at this point. And then in 2019, we got the, this big department of defense contract with the special operations command. They're really interested in super fuels for soldiers. At the time, the product was mad expensive. If anyone tried it back then, it was, it was 30, 30. Did you try it? It was like the $33 special yeah. for one shot. And the articles are just great. It was like, 25,000, right, at the at the initial, I think you said, way, way back when, right? It was just, it's hard to do. So you've done a, an amazing job. Yeah, yeah. So like, like that, and again, that's like where it kind of starts. So like we got this proof of concept off the ground. It was mad expensive. It tasted like absolute, you know, jet fuel. And the only people it made sense for was Navy SEALs and, you know, the creme de la creme of the really elite athletes, like Tour de France riders. It's like super, super dialed in folks. And that was enough though, as an entrepreneur, like that was enough to, okay, like we have a customer, we have the department of defense, special operations command. We have enough of a customer, enough of a proof of concept that, Hey, like we could start fundraising around it. We could start hiring around it. We could start building the supply chain around it. And 
you just get the momentum going. You get the different plates spinning. And then before we know it, knew it, you know, three years of R&D later, we'd figured out a way to adjust the supply chain, adjust the formulation, adjust everything that we needed to do to take our technology and launch it to the consumer world. So in January of 2022, after three years of R&D with the Department of Defense, we launched Ketone IQ to the consumer world. And we had a wait list of 34,000 people. And it's just <laughs> been it's just been ripping and roaring since then. Yeah, it's it's always smart to appeal to the endurance athletes because we'll pay for anything, especially triathletes, right? Endurance runners may be a little different, uh, but especially the Ironman triathlete type, like you know the ten thousand dollar bikes plus and uh, any advantage. And that's that's also what turned me on to you guys when you see something like a six million dollar military contract and sixty percent of Tour de France riders using it. I always say to people, look at what the guys who have to win are doing, right? We'll look at the science, sure, we have to look at that. And then let's look at the people who don't eat if they don't podium, right? Um, and and they're taking it. So it's so interesting to me as a sports nutritionist as well, you know, because you talk about insulin, you talk about carbohydrate uh, utilization, and this is a way to get ketones without having to go into ketosis, which is a pretty great thing. Yeah, it's really neat. The, the fact that there's uh, available ketone source it goes through a different pathway than your carbs it technically gets you into ketosis because ketosis is defined as right elevated blood ketones what it doesn't do just to be really clear on it what it doesn't force to happen is ketogenesis so when you ketogenesis being the process of your body making its own ketones that's separate but related and it can it can still be happening as you're drinking ketone iq ketosis means just elevated ketones in general period whether that's coming from ketogenesis your body making its own ketones or whether it's coming from exogenous ketones like ketone IQ. And what's really cool about it, and I think you just touched on there, is that carbohydrates, sugar, glucose, all maltodextrose, all that's the same in the sense as all carbohydrates. That goes through one pathway that requires insulin to metabolize. It requires insulin in order to turn into cellular ATP, that's energy currency of our cells. If people remember their ninth grade high school biology class the mitochondria is the power plant of the cell it is a machine for making atp that is the fundamental energy currency of your cell so you can make atp out of carbohydrates through one channel separate channels is ketones can go to atp as well again that's super important in your brain especially or it can happen throughout your whole body but your brain especially uses ketone turns that into atp for your neurons and the fact that these are two different pathways that you have a carb pathway and then you have a ketone pathway and the ketone pathway doesn't require insulin ketones don't require as much oxygen to turn into atp that by having a breadth of what's called substrate like by having carbs and ketones present at the same time you're able to dual fuel it's like you, the best mental model is think of a prius like you have a battery in there and you have a, a gas engine in there and you're able to alternate between both you can have both fuel systems going in parallel and it's super cool and you feel it too like it's People have tried ketone IQ. It's like it's basically runners high in a bottle. It gets you like that extra like mental sharpness. Like you just feel sharp. You're on mile 14. You just feel like more crisp upstairs than you ought to. Like you, you just feel more dialed in. Lights are more on than you like should or like the, than you would on your last run if you didn't have ketone IQ. And and what I love too, Michael, when I first tried it. It was that it did. I know you've improved the taste, but I don't want you to improve it too much because whenever I try something that's a little bit, you know, different, 
I go, this is, there's something here, right? So in other words, like you, you, I had a client once many years ago and as a personal trainer who gave me a bar. She said, oh, there's, there, I've taken this new diet bar. She says, it's only like 120 calories. And I go, that's kind of surprising. It was a big bar. I'd seen it. She gave it to me. I took a bite. I go, it tastes too good. It's too big. There's something wrong here. Sure enough, like a year later, they were sued with false advertising. <laughs> so it was, it was way more calories. It wasn't what they said on the wrapper. So, you know, when I take something that is, you know, healthy, I like it to be a little different, right? Not too sugary, not too anything. So the taste is unique and, and that I like. I know I'm a little off relative to, uh, you know, most people, but that to me was, was good. And I know that you've improved upon it. And, and what's so great too, Michael, is that I think you'd agree you're, you're a big runner, obviously. So many people put in the training, right? I used to coach and written books about this, but they screw up the nutrition side, right? And it's so sad when they go to do their marathons and think, so this is something that will absolutely, it's like insurance. Yeah, yeah, it's, the nutrition is really important. They always say that in triathlon, it's the fourth sport. And right. I completely agree that. The fifth sport, of course, is fashion. You got to get the neon spandex. <laughs> that's first. That's, Come on, in triathlon, yeah. <laughs> that's first. <laughs> um, and... And it's, it's completely true that, and I think that's what's so fun about the sport is it is, so I'm a marathoner slash triathlete. I have a lot of fun on, on both. Uh, what's really fun, especially about triathlon is there's so much going on and you're never going to be like the best at all of them. Like as a marathoner, when I go into triathlon season, I feel my running is you know, less, sure. I'm, I'm a little bit less smooth, a little bit less optimal. Well, of course, cause you're spending a lot of time on the bike, you're spending a lot of time in the pool and the open water. And so what's fun about triathlon is you're optimizing, but you're never going to be an amazing swimmer or amazing cyclist or amazing runner at the same time. Like you're it's, so it's always this battle of like, what can I get a slight edge on or you know, more than a slight edge on? Hey, when I wear, when I swim with paddles, you know, that makes my arms stronger and I'm getting better workout training effect out of that swim session. Cool. Like when I, when I do this type of bike ride, I get a really good training session. I, like, like when I wear this, when I have aero bars, when I have this in my this nutrition in my bottle, it's all about optimizing and just knowing that you're never gonna be ten out of ten across all. Which, by the way, I think is a great analogy for life. Like you're never, totally. you're never gonna be on like ten out of ten at business and with your family and with your personal rest recovery. You're not gonna be ten out of ten at any given moment in life. It's it's always a like optimization function across a a set of variables and I think that's what's fun about it. Like the intellectual side is, is at least as fun as the, you know, going out and spending a lot of time in the, in nature side of things. Yeah. And to your point, it's, it's tough for the type A's who are really used to being really good at that one thing. And you can't be really good at the one thing. Actually you can. Do you remember back? I don't know how long you've been watching uh, the Ironman world championships, but way back in the day, <laughs> the announcer, I think it was Phil Wiggett used to always make fun of the swimmer because he would get out of the water in like 46 minutes, Jürgen Hellriegel, some name like that, some German, right? And he would literally say, you're never going to see that guy for the rest of the day because he would just swim as hard as he could and he couldn't bike or run. And that's, to your point too, Michael, is what I love about triathlon is it forces us. I say, you know, the, there used to be a mm -hmm. line on our uh, weight room wall that said, make your weakness your strength. And I disagree. I just, you got to make your weakness, not your weakness. <laughs> it, it just can't hold you down that much. And in triathlon, you just have to bring up everything. And it, as you said, it's a great analogy for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's super fun. It's a... Uh... I love the spirit of the sport. I love the feeling on the start line. I love the community, just the like LA triathlon club out here where I live. Uh, yep. I used to live in Northern California, the Golden Gate triathlon club. Like it just it is fun. I, every triathlon I've been to is just fun. Like the, I did the 
Malibu triathlon last year. I done wildflower. Like uh, I think a lot of my East coast or sorry, a lot of my West coast is showing here. Um, <laughs> Escape from and, Alcatraz yet. Oh man. I was on the wait list. I almost did. I, I would love to do that. That one's so um, good. So good. That one's Yeah. I swam there all the time. And I like, that was my normal swim was like not all the way to Alcatraz, but in like in the water off of San Francisco in aquatic park there. So, um, it's just a fun, a fun sport. It's such a fun sport. Like everyone's got a good sense of humor about things because like you're not perfect yeah. at all of the, all of the everything. So you're kind of, uh, you're kind of just ha- ha- like a kid having fun, like trying out all the sports at once. And like, you you just accept that you're not going to be perfect, but you're going to, you're going to be as best as you can across all of them. And I think it's a good attitude to have. Yeah, and I would say runners uh, who don't cross train will eventually become cyclists and swimmers because they have to, <laughs> right? As part of rehab. Yeah, so I don't know if you did it uh, prehab or rehab, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's inevitable, yeah. right? What's your favorite marathons? Yeah. You you must have done a bunch. Yeah, well, Boston, you know, yeah. iconic, obviously, and the I did the Burning Man Ultra Marathon. That was a whole lot of fun. That was a a fifty k out in the nice. the desert at Burning Man. And had a nice uh, top ten finish there, wow. and have have done a, yeah a bunch of other the San Francisco Marathon that was my my first ever that was I qualified for Boston okay and yeah was, I, I'm gonna do Chicago later this year really excited for that that's usually where I'm from that's where I went to grade school high school and then moved out to California so excited to do go back home my, my parents have never seen me do a marathon so I'm I'm excited to drop back home and and bang out Chicago in October. You should pee. That's the first place I ever broke three hours and it just is amazing. I mean, it's like you're waiting for the hills, you know, you, you live there that just <laughs> never come. Right. And it's, yeah. and it's one of the only big marathons where you can stay at a hotel across the street and just walk to the start line, which is unheard of, right? Boston. And you got to get out to Hopkinton and New York is brutal, right? You got to get out there three hours early. Um, that's all. Are you doing that this year? Yeah. Going to do that. Nice. This year. And it's funny, just hopping back to the you know, triathlon, or just yeah. all this racing stuff in general. But I think especially with triathlon, it's that feeling of, you know, one time I did a triathlon in Mexico and had to pack up my bike and all the logistics, you got to bring the nutrition with you, all like everything. And you don't want to be, you don't want to be like trying to buy a wetsuit in the middle of um, <laughs> right. like Mexico, right? Like a day before your race. So you got to bring everything and just the logistics on that, like the checklist, the like, just calming your nerves across all that, the coordination on that, I feel like is just such a super skill for life. Cause like at the end of the day, like triathlon is triathlon. Like you're not, if for, for people who are not pro, like it's not a matter of life and death. It's not a matter of food on the table, but like that exercise, like to me, that's the even more powerful part that's stuck with me besides the, the like great fitness that you get out of the sport is the mental sharpness that you get. Like the fact that you like showed up on the start line, the fact that you hit all the, transitions the fact that like you didn't miss a beat on anything and you got all your stuff across the world to do that it's such a confidence builder for everything else in life it's like i whenever i have like a big business meeting or i need to bring samples to go pitch sprouts or whole foods like anything in life that's an, an important pinnacle moment it's like this is easier than getting yes. ready for a triathlon i always tell myself that like this is like i've done something harder than this like and it's it's such a good like reserve to have in the back of your mind. Yeah, I, I so agree, Michael. I, I always say, you know, my life has always been about and all about collecting experiences. My first Ironman was in New Zealand in 1999. I knew nothing. 
and I got so hooked that I did South Korea, went back to New Zealand four times, uh, China, Brazil, South Africa, and everyone had a story. And what I love, and then I coached a charity for 10 years and helped people um, do Ironmans and, and marathons as well. And I loved speaking to them the night before because I would just give a, a lecture with the general kind of thought of, hey, everyone is going to suffer together tomorrow. And that the shared suffering and everyone is going to have a story. And it's not a matter of if, but when things are going to go wrong. And it's such a lesson in life. And when you do that in a remote place, you go, I'm going to do this ridiculously hard race in a foreign country. And I got to bring everything and I got to figure everything out. But to your point, it's like, that's where self-efficacy comes from. That's where confidence comes from that you translate over to what you're doing today. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. I think, I think it's such a good part of the sport is the, and maybe people outside of the sport don't, don't fully appreciate or realize just the amount of mental gymnastics that you got to do to show up at the start line. Like you play soccer. It's like, I don't want to diminish any other sport, but like, I, you, like, I, I played a lot of, I love soccer. It's beautiful. The beautiful game. It's right. like, but you play soccer, like you show up with your cleats and some clothes and you, you have a nice day, right? Like it's not that much more complicated. Maybe you have some nutrition, this is that, but like, it's just different from like, okay, I got to have my wetsuit. I got to have like the special lube for around my ankles so that when I whip my wetsuit off, it comes off good. I got to have my goggles. I got to have my swim cap. I got to have my my socks i gotta have the rubber band for the way that my shoes are on my bike so that they stay in a certain position so i can like run with my bike out of transition and then my pop into my shoes and i gotta i gotta have the the gel packs taped to my bike but and i gotta have electric tape to tape them to bike but it's like it, i just haven't i getting tingles just like thinking about it right now it's just like so fun like the amount of the amount of little problems that you solve in the sport right. are like again i think the fitness is it goes without saying like you get, you get this incredible fitness good for health span the mental fitness though that you get out of that whole exercise of of getting ready it's massive i so agree and i, and I think you know chicken and egg controversy does the entrepreneur choose that type of sport or does the sport help with i think it goes both ways obviously and what is what's upcoming so uh, i love the product I, I can't say it enough so excited to add it to my repertoire anything that can help me um suffer a little less <laughs> is always a good thing uh and perform better obviously so what's next what what, what are you working on as far as uh, ketone iq and and the future really excited to tell the story out there broadly right. we have a lot of retail launches going on we just launched nationwide with sprouts so you can you can find ketone iq in sprouts in the vitamins cooler in the in the fridge there and the first shot is actually on us there's a qr code on the bottle and if you scan it the first shot is on us like try it out we're that confident that people will like it and a number of other retail launches like exciting stuff we're in earth bar at equinox we're in a lot of gyms bike shops running shoe stores that you can check us out in on the that's on the on the just distribution side sure. on the on the research side really exciting we just got greenlit for a pilot study with the with the naval health research center looking at ketone iq for traumatic brain injury tbi concussions so the the same mechanism of action of why ketones work in your brain when you're on a triathlon or you're you know, at your desk getting in the zone in your in your knowledge work in your career the same way that it powers up your neurons in those circumstances it also can help when your brain is at a decrement so if you've had a concussion and that is blocking 
the ability of your neurons to fire correctly, the ability of your brain to do the proper amount of metabolism to generate the energy that it needs. Again, ketones go through a different pathway. They're not mediated by insulin. They require less oxygen compared to glucose. And so when someone's had a TBI, there is a reduction in brain metabolism. There's a reduction in available brain energy. And so ketones can rescue brain energy. It's not like a panacea. It doesn't like magically fix everything, but it, it, we've been looking at you know, ketogenic diet for years. We've been looking at ways of increasing ketone levels after a brain injury to rescue neuron health and, and performance. And so that's a really exciting pilot study that we just greenlit with Naval Health Research Center. We recently partnered with Andrew Huberman. Huberman Lab is number one podcast in science health. And he's a neuroscience professor at Stanford. He's super excited and helping us build education around he's a smart ketones guy. for brain. Yeah. Brain health and performance. Yeah. Super, super smart guy. So yeah, he's fun partnering with him. Like uh, he's shots, has been shouting us out on a number of recent episodes. So um, yeah, just really excited. I think, I think it's fun. Cause I, you know, I have a lot of entrepreneur friends who are doing very different types of businesses. And I always think it's like, wow, like ketones different. I have friends who, you know, I met I met lat, earlier this week. I met the guy who like sold Skinny Pop popcorn company, and like the guy printed a mint Skinny Pop, fastest growing popcorn company in a decade, like in every grocery store in America. Like wow, like, absolutely crushed it. And you know, popcorn requires precisely zero explanation. Like we all know what we all know what popcorn is, and it's like wow, like ketones couldn't be more opposite. And I love it. It's like everything is. There's no right or wrong answer as an entrepreneur. Like popcorn is a great. Can, you could have a great business. On popcorn, you could have a great business on what we have with ketone IQ, which is a you know, much higher education product. I can't just put it on the shelf and expect people to understand it. I got to spread the word, got to continue creating knowledge and science and the research side, got to explain it and be, you know, be there to educate and build a team around to educate on what this is, why it's interesting. And I think just owning it, like, yeah, like I, I don't expect people to pick this up and understand what it is, but you know, my job, our job as a team is to build the knowledge and to educate and inspire people around what ketones can do as a fuel in our lives. And this is exactly why I had you on <laughs> because I get pitched a lot of products and you know, my, my business, my career is all about trust. Right. And, and you know, you're the real deal. You're, you're the athlete. You, you went to Stanford. You, you've just explained in very simple terms, some, some complex, um, topics for people. So thank you so much. I'm so excited to, to have connected and to continue to use your product and, and just to, to see where it goes. Um, and I'm, I'm going to watch you in Chicago. Now that's stress. <laughs> this is what I, I don't like Michael about the internet and like, you know, it was nice to race in New Zealand in 1999 when people couldn't track you. Um, but it's also a motivator, right? <laughs> in certain ways. Uh, uh, what else? Any any other races yeah. on your calendar? That's the main one. I'm I'm gonna do a couple other ones like in and around there. I'm still finalizing. I've been eyeing the JFK 50 miler that is in. That was my November. first one ever. So good. All right, it's music so to my ears. So good. Oh my gosh! But I, I didn't study up. Um, it was, you know, first 20 some odd miles around the Appalachian Trail, and then it's 30 miles. Just you can take off. I negative split that. It was years ago, but you'll love that. Oh my gosh! I'm jealous. I think. I think I think it'll be fun. I think for me, as we all know, like you, you can't train for like multiple, very different events at the same time. Like you right. can't be in peak shape for a 5k and a hundred miler in the same day. Like, so, so I'm excited. I'm Chicago is my a race. And then 
Perfect. I'll be in a high level of fitness, right? Getting like 70, 80 miles a week. I'm not, I don't want to be like right. arrogant on anything. Like I'm humbled by, I think it's better mindset to be humble in life, but I think I will have a good level of fitness going into the JFK 50 miler from my marathon Absolutely. training and have a good day out there. And then I, I'm seeing, I'm going to sprinkle some half marathons along the way. You know, what's I, I really want to do maybe something we can talk also more about. I'm sure you know a lot about is I'm thinking for a couple of my training runs doing like being a, like a sister on some of these. I, I had a friend who, you know, helped assist a blind person in Boston and like, yeah. Yo, look, you're not going to set your own personal PR, like, nor should you, your job is to assist someone. And like, you should be running at a pace that's comfortable to you where you're not going to, you're not going to mess it up. I, that's something I would love to do. You know, you know how it is on a marathon sure, build. You, sure. you're, you're hitting, you're hitting like 20 plus mile long runs in your buildup. So I want to, I would love to do that and like give back to the community. So if anyone has ideas there, I'm, I'm in LA, but I, I you know, flight away from everywhere. So I uh, would love to hear if, if there's stuff in LA in particular or in general, like people know foundations or groups or individuals. Um, that's something that's on my, on my goal list as well, as far as in, in building up in general towards Chicago. Awesome. I have, I have some ideas. I'll, I'll email you separately. And really quickly before we go, Michael, you know, we talked quickly at the start before we started recording about how, you know, we're talking about helping people live better lives and what we consume nutritionally. And we talked a lot about the sports nutrition, but you know, my master's is in exercise science and sports psychology. The psychology is so important, which is why I opened up talking about, you know, the failures and the, they're not failures. Um, but what we consume is not just physical, right? It's, it's cognitive, it's psychological. And just talk about that, uh, to kind of wrap this all up, how everything matters. Yeah, we just had an awesome conversation here about nutrition. And when we think about the inputs into the human body, a lot of times we think about nutrition. What are we eating? What are we consuming as far as calories to power our workouts, to power our lives, to build muscle, to stay sharp, all those good things. And it's equally important, maybe even more important when we're thinking about inputs into the human system to think about what's going in through our ears and what is the knowledge, what is the inspiration, the self-talk, what is going on in our ears that is informing our body, our mind. And I think it's something that you've been doing super well. And I think that's why a lot of folks are listening in right now today is that we need the the voice of inspiration, people like you to get us on the right track, to provide us a good model for how we should be, you know, self-talking with our within our own head. And it's it's all connected. The nutrition we're eating, the inspiration, the knowledge that we're getting in through our ears. It's all part of how we optimize the the human body as a system overall. And control, right, Michael? It's, it's, it's how you end every episode is talking about we all control how much we move, what we put into our mouths, and probably most important, well, not most importantly, but it depends, uh, our state of mind. And as you said, self-talk, like that, that's, that tape we have playing in our head, endless loop, you control that. And so often, um, people have just negative self-talk and, and that's why, as you know, better than anyone during an event, an endurance event, that that's nonstop, right? You go, this is the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. This is the dumbest thing I've ever done. In my life. This is the greatest thing. And it's back and forth. And, and we learn to control that. And it's not just for sport. It's for everyday life. Right. And so, you know, put down the phone do you, by the way, do you, uh, are you a multitasker? I assume you are at certain times, but I'm guessing you're not always when you go out for your runs and things like that. I don't bring a phone with me at all. Yeah. For me, that's special time. I like to just be on my own beat. I 
want to hear what's circulating in my head or if it's silence. I just want to be fully present. Like I don't, I put that on a very high pedestal, the place that I go to when I'm running and I don't want to insert anything else in there, like no other person or artist or music or anything is above that. It's, it's me and nature and that connection there. And I don't need it. I like to me, sure. noise is like it, any music, it could be the Mozart symphony, anything like no disrespect to anyone who do, listens to music or makes music, anything. It's just that for me, it's a time to get in touch with the universe and my own frame for the day. And that's something really special to me. And there's so much else going on the rest of the day or inundated with right. signal the rest of the day that to me running is just like a special time for myself. And I love that you said, you know, a big part of what I preach is that there's no one way, right? We all need to do cardio. Whatever you do is, you know, however you raise your heart rates up to you, y'all need to lift heavy things. However you do, that's up to you. And I love music at certain times. Like I love going out for a run in 90 degree heat with like some, you know, blues type music and sweating like crazy. And then there are the days that I do exactly what you just described. And those are more and more often now because I, I would argue the, the connection we do have to technology. And do you, I mean, there's studies, Michael, that show if you just have your phone in your pocket, right? If you go for a walk in the woods and, the, 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 you know, talking about the benefits, mental, uh, physical, but if you have a phone in your pocket, it's not that you're on it or anything, just that the fact you have it with you decreases those benefits. It's incredible. We need to, <laughs> we need to disconnect, right? And you're someone who's so uber successful. The fact that you do that, I would argue you say it's, it's part of your success. Completely. I read a separate study, similar topic that the potential of even being interrupted reduces people's ability to get into flow state. So not just being interrupted, but the potential, it's like the, if the door is open to your office, if, the, if, it, if there's a, uh, if your phone is on, you know, not silent mode is, is on next to you. Like it doesn't have to actually ring your phone being in your pocket, just the potential, the fact that you're, you only have so many cognitive slots in your brain, right? So like, I think we all know that study, like five plus or minus two slots of working memory. If you're if one or two of those is like kind of, you know, perked up and ready to jump to another unrelated topic at any given moment, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're not firing on all the gears that you could be. And I think it's important to dive deeply into things in life and you can't do all the things all the time. Like we really need to focus on what's right in front of us and go deep into that and let that, let that play out. And we don't need to always be looking around. Like there's other stuff out there. And if you're going to have FOMO about it, you're not going to, you're not going to make it like, like there's, you're never going to catch up with everything going on in the universe. The only answer is to be here now and to simplify, reduce the noise, focus on one thing that's right in front of you. I think you need to do, uh, put on your to-do list, that Grand Canyon run. You have not done that yet, right? Man, I would love to. Is it, you recommend that? It is. I, I've done some really amazing events as you have. Um, ran to the top of Haleakala mm -hmm. many years ago on Maui. Just amazing. Like the ultra world, you know, when I started getting into the, not that I'm an ultra guy, but uh, I've done a handful. Um, yes. Like, and, and for everything you just described, Michael, after you come out of Ironman and marathons and things that are timed and you compare yourself to others. Then you go to the Grand Canyon and you go, there's no one here. <laughs> I'm doing this by myself. There's no finish line. There's, there's no one watching. There's no aid stations. So I'm in trouble. Like I got to get out. 
And you know what? You said it at the start. I keep saying it. We're, we're going to end. This will end up being three hours. But, uh, you know, at the beginning of this interview, you talked about saying things weren't as hard. You know, you talked about traveling for triathlons. And then when you were doing other things, that's everything. And when I was doing, I actually did it twice. The the first time I was getting out of the Grand Canyon, like close as I've come to death, right? Have you read Michael Easter's book, by the way? Do uh, or I'm sorry, um, Michael Easter's was uh, Comfort Crisis. Uh, yeah, have you read his yet? He talks about misogies. I haven't read it yet. Oh, okay. I heard, it, yeah, I heard good things on your list. I, I, like okay. one of the greatest guys. You gotta gotta meet him. And you know, he says do a misogie, which is basically do an event every year that could kill you. And the only rule is it's got to be yeah. really hard and don't die. <laughs> like those, those are the two things. But as I was coming out of the Grand Canyon, it, it took like three hours to go three miles. Um, I just kept thinking, this isn't Everest. This isn't Everest. <laughs> like I know people who've done Everest. This isn't Everest. This is hard, but people have done harder things. I've done hard things. I can get out of here. Uh, you just keep moving forward. Um, and it sounds so simple, right? I, I say the, the secret to life is on Instagram, the secrets. It's just the application <laughs> that is, that's challenging for people and believing that they're actually um, powerful and that powerful. Um, but that's kind of where I want to pull it all together is, as you said, like just do hard things, uh, get that confidence and keep moving forward, right? Yeah, such a good way to live life. And life is going to be hard. Everyone's job is hard. It's hard to be a bus driver. It's hard to be a janitor. It's hard to be a restaurant server. It's hard to be a CEO. It's hard. Like everything is hard. And the only answer is to raise your hand and sign up to do hard stuff and get out ahead of it. So that when life throws hard things at you, you have some reserve, you have some physical, mental stamina behind to be able to address what's coming at you. And like, there's no way around it. It's like being alive is a blessing. It's incredible. It's against all odds. We are alive and it's something to be grateful for every day. And part of that is suffering and that's going to happen. And the best way that I've found to manage that is to sign yourself up for difficult things and confront it, confront the fact that there's suffering is a fundamental part of life and work out your own relationship with it and don't try to escape it, have a relationship with it and like wrestle the bear, like figure it out. Like we, like that is the most that we can do. And I think you can also just enjoy it. It's part of what makes us human is that the hurt, the pain, the being out of breath, the muscles sore, like that. I mean, that's a beautiful life. You know what I mean? That's sucking the marrow out of the bone of life. Right. Like that's what it's all about. And you're choosing your suffering. We're going to go on a couple. <laughs> I'm not ready uh, to end it. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of people on Instagram and to each their own. These well-known fitness people. I don't need to name them. They're, in my opinion, in my, you know, personality, they're angrier, you know, and they talk about suffering. And, and I think that I know it scares off a lot of people. And my take on that, Michael, is they're choosing their suffering, right? So some are runners, some do different things. If you made them swim, if you made them do something else, so choosing your own suffering is not suffering in the way many people make it out to be, right? And and your suffering may be calling up that family member that, you know, you're avoiding, right? Approach avoidance. And it's never as bad as you think, right? The event, right? The, the interaction, uh, it's never as bad as you think. And it's, avoiding it is worse. It's just water. like jumping in that cold water, right? On the open water swim. It's, it's scarier than you think it is. And once you jump in, it's like, all right, like just start swimming and you'll be all right. Like get the heat going, get going. And like, I, I, 
I know you and I and a lot of folks listening, like you carry that same metaphor over to, oh man, I should call that investor. I should call my family member. I should call it like with that difficult conversation. Like the fact that you literally viscerally jump in cold water for fun at 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning when everyone else is sleeping, like you just know that that is making you stronger and able to go towards other challenging moments in life without fear. Yeah. I don't do the cold plunges. I tried that many years ago. <laughs> I filled up when I was doing the Ironmans faster and uh, filled up the garbage can with, you know, ice and water and got in it. It was getting out. There was a problem. I fell, <laughs> like got hurt trying to get out of the ice bath. I, I like hot. <laughs> so I, I choose the, my, my bias of the research that shows that, you know, uh, cryotherapy can inhibit gains. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I wasn't even talking cold plunge. <laughs> no, I know. I, meant, I totally. I meant... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like just open water swimming, period. Like scares the heck out of me. Swimming like and that's the thing, Michael, you're actually touching on it. I I, in my triathlon books, I say swimming is not a sport. It's a means to keep from drowning. I don't like swimming. You can die a lot easier than running and biking. And so it's a fear and you can get into the whole psychological evolutionary side of it. Why? Uh, And the adrenaline and everything. But that's one thing that's given me so much confidence is swimming all around the world. And I'm not a great swimmer. But I brought my swimming up a little bit as we were talking about. I just run and bike a lot faster. <laughs> so I don't have to spend too much yeah. time swimming. I just can't let it be a huge, um, you know, uh, drag me down too much. Um, yeah. What's yeah. your least favorite? We'll end with that. What's your What's your least favorite discipline, sport, it, activity? It's fun. It's also swim. It's also. Yeah. It's also swimming, but in, in a weird way, it comes full circle to I love it the most because it's hard. It's, right. it's like running is easy. I always want to run. And then swimming, I don't know. I think we all have, a lot of us endurance athletes have that masochist inside of us. Like the fact that I hate swimming makes me love swimming. Right. I, I don't Maybe I'm working out some childhood trauma. Maybe we all are. <laughs> and it's... <laughs> I it's know all, I am, Michael. I don't know about you. <laughs> very funny how that... Yeah, I have five brothers. I grew up. I I know that I'm running away from things, but I enjoy (laughs) it. Like there's, there's no doubt. You know, I, I, I I know where my, where my weaknesses lie. All right, way longer, uh, but we have to do this again. I'm glad that you don't like swimming too. Now we can be friends. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Because when I meet people who love swimming, I go, we'd still be friends. You're just in a different category. Like there's something. (laughs) But um, and I had Dr. Daniel Lieberman on a friend now a couple times. and he, uh, you know, we talked about this and he said, no, we're not born, we're, we're not born to swim. <laughs> we were born to run. We're born to move forward. So I said, thank you. Um, I'm still going to do it and enjoy it, as you say, because it, it's something that I can improve upon. I feel better and accomplished when I get out of that Ironman swim. It's like, oh, my God, I survived. And if I go faster, it's, it's that much better. So um, awesome. Well, again, look forward to following you in Chicago. Definitely sign up for that JFK. Amazing, amazing uh, event. And it fills up. I think it's still or. Maybe not anymore, but it used to. It was crazy. It's the oldest um, ultra in the country, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's It's got an interesting story. JFK, JFK had said that it should be a standard that Americans, healthy adult Americans, should be able to run 50 miles. And it's interesting how society has shifted over the decades. Are you kidding me? Decades. I didn't yeah. know that. Is that yeah, right? So, mm-hmm. That's why it's named after him, and that's why – yeah, so ultra marathon. A lot of people think of this as a newer sport, which like it is. It's really come up in the last like 10, 20 years. Right after Born to Run came out and all this stuff. But JFK fifty miler has been around since nineteen sixty three, and it's a yeah, it's an institution. 
And and he said that people should be able to run 50. I love that. That's, that's the provenance. That's the mythos behind it is that it was a part of like, JFK had all the presidential fitness goals. He was very big on athletics. He was like the first president that was really pushing like physical athleticism and that uh, he he had he had said i think it was in a speech or somewhere he said that we should be able to run 50 miles not every day or anything but th that's right. a standard of you know coming out of world war ii the good guys won like all right like what is american metal it's like all right you should be able to lace up and hit 50 miles and it's an interesting point i think it's true as ever and i think society unfortunately like probably shifted away from that at, at, on you know average but but i think yeah, I think I'm hopeful that, you know, the community here and the endurance community, I think, uh, is is bigger and more bustling than ever. So I think that there's a resurgence of excitement around uh, being able to do hard things like this. I learned something. I am going to do some research. That is so interesting. I'm so excited. And I still have my uh, presidential physical fitness patches, which shows I think I'm in <laughs> from what, fifth grade. That's how old I am. Um, uh, I think I'm in the right career. Again, thank you so much. We, we have to do this again. Um, so excited again. HVMN. Tell people what it stands for, by the way. Leave it go there. Yeah. HVMN is the company name. The letters stand for Health Via Modern Nutrition. You can find us on social media at HVMN on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. I'm Michael Brandt. You can find me at Michael D. Brandt, Instagram, Twitter. Love hearing what people are up to, what race you're training for, what's in your water bottle, what cool new shoes you're doing. Love to be part of the community. So hit me up, tag the brand, tag me, uh, drop a line. Yeah, follow him on, follow Michael on Instagram. He's posting runs and tips and things like that. And, and again, uh, as we close this out, this is what this show's about. It's bringing you people that are going to help you better your life and you, stuff you can use right away. And when you follow Michael on Instagram, and I'll put all those links in the show notes as well, so you can click right on that. I'm going to give you a code so you can try this out, get a discount. Um, yeah, it's about uh, helping you just live a longer and better life. And you can do that. <laughs> and Michael and HVMN will help you do that as well. Michael, thank you again for taking the time. And I look forward to speaking again soon. Tom, have an amazing day. Thanks everyone for listening in. Have a great one. Speak soon. Thank you, Michael. Did I not tell you that was going to be a great interview? A great interview because of the person and the product. Only going to bring you the best. After, you know, after every interview I do, I feel like I've improved. <laughs> like I've improved. I've learned something. I learned that the JFK 50 miler was uh, <laughs> a John F. Kennedy. I mean, obviously it was John F. Kennedy thing, but the fact that he thought everyone should run 50 miles, that's news to me, but that's just a little thing I learned. But like when I talk to someone like Michael Brandt and, and, and just have that back and forth about health and wellness from someone super smart, walk in the walk, run in the run, 242 marathon, and you know, gave up business school to go create this new product. You know, this product that's, it's not popcorn. It's, it's, it's something different. And that's really challenging, right? When you need to explain a new product, but I want to learn I'm never, I, I, I've never and will never stop learning because there's so much out there in exercise, in nutrition, in motivation. And I want to live my best life and I want you to live your best life too. And that's why I say I'm only going to bring you the best people and products and programs and potions as I call them. And this is a cool one. This is really cool. 
You know, it's, I say, you know, when it's different, if it tastes different, it feels different, especially when it comes to like sports nutrition, that's, that's to me a good thing. And different is obviously in the, the mouth of the beholder or whatever the, the saying would be. But I want it to work. I want it to be healthy. I want it to, you know, not waste our time or money. And that's why, you know, so fortunate to have access to people like Michael Brandt. And, you know, we had a great conversation before as well. So try it out. Try it out. Um, as he said, I love that he's got like the, the program where you can take a picture of the uh, QR code or whatever it is and, and get your first one free. But, you know, when I talk about supplements and I've done how many podcasts on supplements, it's to fill in gaps or to supplement something else. And this, you know, so many different ways to utilize a product like this. For me as an endurance athlete, it's got obvious uh, potential benefits, which is why the Tour de France type guys are using it. But that's it. Science, smart people, and cool products. And there's so much bad stuff out there. I'm only going to bring you the good stuff. All right. So again, I want to thank Michael Brandt. You know, and, and let me just say this when I, as I wrap this up, you know, starting out by talking about Shark Tank and reading that negative review, only someone who's super confident and super just smart and motivated can take that, listen to that and move forward and become super successful because there are no failures. They're learning experiences. And so many people think that people started in shape, that people were successful without those type of experiences, which is why I wanted to start with that. It's so important to grasp that, that you just keep moving forward. You have the idea, you have the goal, you're not going to get there right away and it's not going to be in the absolute order of operations and the plan that you lay out. You have to be ready to pivot. You have to be ready to take criticism. That's the challenging part. Who do you listen to? How do you brush off that criticism? Michael Brandt is living proof that that's how it happens. That's how it happens. It's not if you're going to run into obstacles, but what? All right, got to have him back. That that was way too short. And I love how we extended the end <laughs> longer. Uh, but again, one more time, thank you to Michael Brandt. You know, there's so many products out there, people. I'm only going to bring you the ones that I believe you should try out and that I use. And this is one of them. All right. Uh, Tom H fit is Twitter. Tom H fit is Instagram as well. You can message me through there. So many of you have been got a great new, uh, uh, listener uh, mailbag show coming up based off of those teamholland.com is the website or fitnessdisrupted.com same website so check out my books and all the stuff I'm doing there as well again you know took a little hiatus needed it so many years of just cranking them out I'm going to continue to do it we all need to rest we all need rest days you don't beat yesterday every day and the harder you work the more you need to rest and recover and just recharge your batteries, but never forget. And I love that Michael and I really connected on this. It's all about control, what we can control, which is so much more than the media would have you believe. And that is doing you such a disservice. 
we all control three things. How much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our state of mind. And that is awesome. I am Tom Holland, exercise physiologist, certified sports nutritionist. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. And here is Jack Lane on my radio show a while back. I want to tell you how fortunate you are to have someone like Tom just trying to help you to have a better life. <laughs> 